Your next promotion is just the beginning, and this podcast shows you how to get there. Welcome to episode number 189. Today's episode is part two of my Summer of Magic series, where I am giving you three very specific tools that you can begin to use so that you can create your own magical outcomes on purpose. Today's episode is focused on the magic of belonging, and I break down exactly how you can start creating more belonging to get the promotion or the career results of your dreams. All right, let's get started. Welcome to Women Changing Leadership. I am your host, Stacey Mayer, and I teach you how to get promoted, get paid, and bring your whole self to the leadership table. I am on a mission to change organizations from the C-suite out because women are the new face of leadership, and we are doing it on our terms. Hello, corporate badasses. Welcome to another episode of Women Changing Leadership. I am your host, Stacey Mayer, and super excited, as always, to be here with you again this week. So last week, I kicked off a three-part series where I go into a lot more detail about my Summer of Magic concept and how you can begin to use your own personal magic to achieve your career goals, whether that's to get a promotion, to have that voice at the table, to create more inclusivity at your workplace, whatever that might be for you. I have laid out three very specific tools that you can begin to use so that you can actually make that goal happen for yourself. It's been really cool to see it unfold inside of my programs and the women who've been listening to the podcast who've already started to implement some of the things that I've been talking about. So a couple of quick notes. If you haven't already, go back to the episode that I recorded last summer where I listed the foundational principles, the magic stew as it is, to set yourself up for your next level promotion. Also, last week's episode, I talked about intention setting and how be careful what you wish for because you might actually get it and how you can use creation of specific intentions to get exactly what you want. And in today's episode, which is part two, I'm going to be talking about the concept of belonging and how you can use this idea of belonging to get exactly what you want, as I keep saying, to get really literally anything that you want. And then next week, I'll be doing the third part of the series where I talk about the concept of curiosity. And I'm really, really excited about that because once, especially the women who've been working with me for a couple of years, when they really understand what it means to be truly curious in conversation, not needy, not graspy, not like where you feel like you constantly have to prove yourself, but just truthfully being curious, when you can get to that place, it's like it does feel like magic because the conversation ends up being so reciprocal in a way that you don't even expect. Right. So it's it's a huge it's such a great thing that you can begin to start doing in all of your conversations at work right away. So today's episode is about the idea of belonging. And especially when you are a person of color or a woman or essentially anyone who doesn't look, think and talk and act like the rest of the room, then it can be really easy to feel like you don't belong 
Like that makes sense, right? How many times have you been in a situation where you've just been around your people, quote unquote, and you're like, oh my God, it feels so easy. It feels so joyful. I just feel so alive. I feel like I can be myself. That's how a lot of the women feel when they join my leadership table program is they're like, wow, I can't believe, you know, so many other women have these same challenges and it just has this like weight lifted off of your shoulder because you just instantly feel this sense of belonging when you're in the right communities. But at work, it's near to impossible to create that for ourselves. And so what we tend to do is look for the organization to create a sense of belonging, right? So, or perhaps maybe you want to go into a particular department where there are more people who look, think, talk, and act exactly like you so that you can feel that sense of belonging. But that's an incredibly passive approach because you can't necessarily control it. So let's say you get into a group where people look like you physically, but they don't hold the same value system. And I think this comes as a really big surprise for a lot of women when they bump themselves up against another female leader who technically looks like them, but is so far to left field from who they actually are. And a lot of women have this false expectation that other women at their organization are supposed to act like them. And the case is not always because they don't hold that same value system. Same thing goes for you might have somebody who doesn't necessarily look like you. You know, you could have a man that is your boss, yet you get along brilliantly with them because you have the same core values. But even that is passive. It's something that just happens. You get lucky. You find yourself in these situations. You know, joining the leadership table is not passive at all. That's a choice that you make. You join us in our community and then you feel that sense of belonging. It's not passive. It's something that we're actually creating. But still, even in today's episode, I want to show you how you can put yourself in a sense of belonging everywhere you go. I want you to feel like you belong and to understand your value every single place that you go. I'm going to start off in today's episode with a bit of a story of when I first moved to New York City. So many of my listeners know that I was an actress in my previous life, and I lived in Chicago and performed at Second City Improv Olympic. That's the home of Amy Poehler and Tina Fey and basically all of these really great Saturday Night Live, amazing superstars. And I felt amazing in Chicago. I loved, loved, loved the work that I was doing. And I decided that I wanted to move to New York City. And at this point, I wasn't a newbie. I wasn't totally seasoned, but I think I think when I moved to New York, I was probably like 27, 28 years old. And I moved to New York City with experience. And a lot of the people that I was meeting in New York were straight out of college. So they didn't have as much professional training and job experience as I did. And I got there and I felt incredibly disillusioned at first. And I felt a little bit lost. And I was like, wait, I know more than these other people. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you might be somebody who feels that way at work too, right? You know more than your boss. <laughs> Have you ever been there? Or some of the executives, some of the C-suite executives, you're like, I see things better than they do. I see things faster than they do. I can solve problems. But yet here you are in your senior manager or director level role and still not being included in the conversation. Even obviously, I don't have to tell you this, but you know, that less than boss could even steal your ideas, right? That happens all the time for a lot of women. And so for me, I felt that way. I felt like a fish out of water. I felt very confused. I wasn't new. I was seasoned. I knew a lot. I knew what I wanted, but yet I wasn't in a position where I had the network in the community to be able to create that. So what did I do? I used the magic of belonging. Here's how I did it. And and I didn't know this at the time, but a lot of this series, the summer magic series is showing you how I've had magic my whole life, but I didn't really know it was magic and I didn't really call it that. It was just something that I did, right? So at the time, I really just seriously wanted to belong and I decided to act like I belonged. And here's what I did. So I had an opportunity to do anything that I wanted at this theater. I met um, a person who was starting a theater company in Times Square. And actually, this is a side note, just because I think you'll enjoy it. So as you might know, Times Square was completely renovated at one point where a lot of these old strip clubs became theaters. And this was one of those strip clubs that was sort of like half and half. So it's not that it was still used as a strip club, but it still had the poles and the shiny, the the shiny walls. And so it was very odd, but it had been completely turned into a regular theater. And a friend of mine was starting an improv company at that theater. And he basically told me that I could have Friday nights at eight o'clock and, and just do whatever I wanted. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll create a show to put in this space. And I didn't really know what to do at the time, except for that I thought, what would be fun? And I ended up reaching out to people that I had no business reaching out to. So this is something that I teach you in 15-minute ally meetings is to reach out to somebody that you literally have no business reaching out to. So like your boss's boss's boss or somebody at your organization, like your CEO and scheduling a 15 minute ally meeting. This is because this is what I did, right? This is how I've created success in my life is I reached out to people that I had no business reaching out to. And then I pretended to belong, right? I brought my sense of belonging to the conversation. So I would email people that I had seen on TV, people that I had seen on Saturday Night Live because they all live in New York. And I would say, hey, I'm doing this improv show. And it was a two-person improv show. Would you like to be on it? It's called Stacy and Who. And the Stacy and Who was I bring on a different person every night. Actually, at the time, it was a guy. I was like, oh, I'm performing at this shiny, fancy theater in Times Square. And I'm just going to bring on a different person every night. And so I would ask some very important people in New York City, like really seasoned improvisers to be on stage with me. And they all said yes. Now that is magic, people. How did that happen? Why did they say yes? Because I felt like I belonged. I felt like I deserved to be on stage with them. And I just asked and I said, hey, do you want to be in the show? And they were like, yeah, sure. Okay, next Friday at eight o'clock. And I got to perform on stage with just so many incredible people. And what I noticed 
when that happened is I stepped up to the plate. My performance got better. I was an incredible performer as well. I built these amazing, amazing relationships. And I was really good at what I did. I mean, sometimes I had imposter syndrome, but then once I would get on stage, I just like knocked it out of the park. So that was Stacy and who, and that is how I used my magic of belonging to create opportunities for myself. I pretended at the time that I belonged. I made myself, I just said, what if I was worthy of being on stage with these people? And then they were like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. That's the magic of belonging. Now, let me give you a couple of practical ways that uh, the women in my programs use the magic of belonging. So here's a very specific example of a woman who was in the interview process. Actually, this happens a lot in the interview process or in 15-minute ally meetings. Those are the two places that, that you can really bring it and you need to bring it. She was having a conversation with a CEO as part of the interview process, and the CEO just kind of off the cuff said, you know, maybe we can bring you out to our corporate headquarters soon. And she was like, oh, okay, great. That sounds wonderful, you know, and then she went on with the interview. And when she was having this conversation with me, she's one of my one-on-one clients, she said, oh, yeah, and he mentioned that I could come out to headquarters soon. And I said, what? Hold on. And she's like, yeah, I figure he'll follow up with me. I said, no, you follow up with him. I want you. And so this is the magic of belonging. If you know that you belong, then you follow up with him and you say, hey, let's get that scheduled. I'd love to come out to headquarters. So that's exactly what she did. She sent him a note. She said, hey, I think that's a great idea. You mentioned coming out to headquarters. When can we make that happen? She's still in the interview process. He was like, oh, really? Yeah, sure. Let's put you in touch with my assistant. And, you know, it sort of unfolded. Eventually, she got offered the job. Okay, this is the magic of belonging. The same thing happens when somebody tells you, you know what, you should apply for that job. And you're like, oh, really? I should I should apply for this job, this opening on our team or on your team? Huh. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'll apply for it. That's usually typically how we respond. If you use the magic of belonging, what you say instead is like, yes, of course, I will apply for that role. And what do I need to know? Why do you think I would be good for this role? Why are you asking me to apply for this role? That comes from the sense of belonging, which is like, yes, and I am going to do it. So let's talk some more about it. Rather than I think what our initial reaction is like, oh, my gosh, I feel so lucky. Wow, they thought of me. And then and then we don't even follow up in the appropriate ways. With the 15-minute ally meetings, I remember having a conversation with a woman at Haas Business School at UC Berkeley, and it was I, I gave a presentation about my book to their class, and we were talking, and this 18, 19-year-old woman said, you know, I'd really love to reach out to this professor, but, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know what he would say. I don't know. And I was like, and, and of course, because I could see my daughter in her, right? Like you can say, you're like, oh, you are acting like you don't belong. You're acting like he's better than you. And I said, well, what if you just assumed that he wanted to meet with you too? And she was like, what? No, he doesn't even know who I am. And I said, but just go with me here for a second. Why don't you just assume that he wants to meet with you too? 
And then she was like, okay. And I said, then how do you send the email? And she's like, well, I just send the request. And I'm like, hey, would you like to have coffee with me sometime? I really admire your work. And then he says yes. Or he doesn't write her back. But at least she is coming from a place of belonging, a place of I am worthy to be a part of this conversation. Inside of the leadership table cohort, because I want to make sure that everybody who enters that program not only gets the incredible trainings as part of the program, but also is able to get very direct coaching from me. So I have an Ask Stacy Q&A as part of it where you can submit a question and then I will answer it for you directly. And one of the questions that was submitted recently was, I have an interview coming up with a CEO and I wanted to know what are some good questions to ask a CEO. And the advice that I gave her was, act like you belong. That's it. You have to start from a place of belonging. I deserve to be in this conversation. And so what what does that look like? Well, quite simply, it can just be like, what if you assumed, like ask yourself that question, what if I assumed that the CEO really wanted me in this room, that I belong in this room with the CEO? How do I behave? What questions do I ask the CEO when I come from a place of belonging? It really is that simple. And so when you walk away from today's podcast episode, I just want you to kind of start playing around with that. If you ever feel that somebody is better than you or higher than you, then ask yourself, what would I do differently if I just assumed that I belonged? How would I show up? How would I engage in this conversation if I believed that I belonged? Now, when I look at this 18 or 19-year-old girl, my heart breaks because if I looked at my daughter and she was acting like somebody was better than her, that pisses me off. Like, to no end. The same way I feel when I talk to any of you and you put somebody else on this high pedestal like they're so much better than you. Now, I have a little bit of a caveat, which is the political structure at corporations are set up so that you believe that people are higher and better than you. I'm going to say that again. We have created in our world, in our society, a structure that makes people better than us. So the professor is better than the student. The you know, CEO is better than the individual contributors. And I work with you to get promoted so that seemingly you can be treated better because you are in a higher level position. And I will tell you right now, you do. (laughs) You know, there is something to be said about being in that higher level position. Now you can still be an ass and be in that higher level position for, for sure. But there is something about the hierarchy of organizations. So organizations are set up to make you feel like you do not belong. And I don't care if you look like the rest of the room, they are set up that way. So organizations are set up to make you feel like you don't belong. 
gender bias is set up to make you feel like you don't belong. And gender bias isn't necessarily, it's it's created as part of the patriarchy, that structure that makes people feel less than. That's why we have gender bias, is that we're automatically going to favor people who look, act, and think like us. Like it goes back to the beginning of this conversation. When you're in a room of people who are like you, you tend to just feel better. So that's part of our own personal bias is that when we're around people who kind of think, act, and talk like us, we just feel better, right? And it's true. And I totally think you should put yourself in those situations so that you just automatically feel better. But 70% of our work week is surrounded by people who don't just automatically make us feel great. Unfortunately, it's just the opposite. And so today's podcast episode and the magic of belonging is meant to help you see that you can create belonging just simply with that one question, which is, what would I do differently if I assumed that I belonged here? If I assumed that that person just wanted to meet with me? So that's the first part. But then because of the political structure, and this is one of the things that I think that I do really, really well, and actually know that I do really well, and it's why so many women get so much benefit out of my programs, is that I don't just preach do it anyway, because that's sort of how we could fall into this trap. So I say, why don't you just act like you belong in the conversation with the CEO? Just do it right? Who cares, right? Get over it. You belong, right? To this young woman in, at Haas Business School. Do it anyway. Reach out to that professor. You belong in that room, right? And then we all know that we put ourselves in that situation and then we get in the conversation and then we feel like crap or that other person puts us down or starts to, we just, we get intimidated because of all the patriarchy and the past generations of feeling put down, right? So that when we get in front of somebody who has quote unquote power over us, we feel like crap. So that is going to happen. And so that's why I don't always just preach, do it anyway. So the first part of this process is really do it anyway. (laughs) What if you just believed or assumed that that person wanted to meet with you? And then the second part of the process is knowing that there is a political structure and a hierarchy in place. So let's go to 15-minute ally meetings where you have to create this sense of belonging and do it anyway. And you are going to reach out to your boss's boss. And you don't have a regular relationship with your boss's boss. Your boss's boss is in the C-suite. You're a senior director. Your boss is a VP. Usually all of your work goes through your VP. So you don't actually know your boss's boss's boss or something like that, right? You don't know this person that well, but yet it makes sense for you to meet with them. And so you want to reach out to them. First of all, check in with yourself. Remind yourself that you belong, that you're worthy of reaching out to this person. But then acknowledge the political structure, right? That there are people in place so that you aren't really allowed to meet with this person. And then what you're going to do is you're going to create the circumstances that make it possible for you to meet with that person. So first of all, assume that it matters that you meet with them. And then what you're going to do is you're going to reach out to your boss's boss and you're going to say, hey, I am getting to know several different executives at the organization and scheduling coffee chats. And I was wondering if I might be able to do 15 minutes with you and 15 minutes virtually or whatever, right? You could say that. And so you reach out to them and you say, hey, I'd like to schedule a virtual coffee chat with you when you have a chance 
Okay. And so now what you're doing is you're acknowledging that it's a little unique that I reach out to you and that I'm reaching out to several other executives. So you don't put that person on the spot and make them feel like, oh, she needs something from me. And then you just reach out to them and you offer to do a virtual coffee chat. I swear to God, 99.5% of the time they're going to say yes. The other 0.5%, they're just going to ignore your email and you might have to reach out again. But it's not because they don't want to do it. They're just busy. And then because you're so savvy, you're going to tell your boss that you're going to meet with your boss's boss and you're going to just say it super casually. You're not asking for permission because you belong. Remember, you're allowed to meet with your boss's boss because you belong. And then you're going to say something like, hey, I'm going to have a conversation with such and such. I've been doing these coffee chats with different executives and I just wanted to keep you in the loop. That's it. So you're not asking for permission because you belong, but you're just keeping people in the loop because the political structure and the hierarchy exists. That, my friends, is smart executive leadership. When you show up in that way, people start to see you as an executive leader. They are reminded of your corporate badassness that you already have, but you just have to kind of turn it on sometimes. When you start to act like you belong and when you acknowledge that the structure is set up as if you don't belong, but yet you do it anyway, holy cow, the results, oh my God, are amazing. People will be blown away by you. They are going to take notice. It happens over and over and over and over again. I am telling you, when you do this, you will have so much magic in your life. You're going to feel amazing. You're going to want to do it more. You're going to want to leap right into the leadership table, and you're going to come into our program so that you can learn from me directly and figure out how you can create and manifest more and more and more opportunities at work. I can't wait for next week's episode all about curiosity. And again, go back and listen to last week's about setting intentions and how to be careful because you're really going to get exactly what you wish for. Welcome to the Summer of Magic 2023. We still have a couple of months left in the summer to see how many promotions that we can create in one summer, even while we are on vacation. Make sure you hashtag Summer of Magic 2023 whenever you're promoted, whenever an opportunity comes to you or your colleagues. I want to hear about it and I want to celebrate you. All right, my friends, have a wonderful week and I'll see you soon. Bye. go, I have a question for you. Do you know how close you are to your next promotion? Really? Not what your boss has told you, not what you even believe to be true, but have you actually taken the time to sit down, take an assessment, review the five categories that it takes to get promoted into senior executive leadership positions and decided where you fall in each category and given yourself a ranking on a scale of one to 10 of how close you are to getting your next promotion? Have you done this? Well, now's your chance. If that feels interesting to you and you're like, hey, I want to know exactly how close I might actually be or how far away 
you might be and what it's going to take to get you even closer, then I invite you to take my promotability quiz. This is a quiz that I put together with practical tips that actually tell you where you're lacking and where you're winning. What are the areas that you actually need to improve and not necessarily what your boss is telling you all the time so that you can take concrete steps towards landing that next promotion and changing the face of the leadership table. Go to yourpromotabilityscore.com to take your free assessment today. Yourpromotabilityscore.com. And let me know how it goes.